Aloha, I am June Jones of the Houston Roughnecks, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. The forbidden door has been opened, and we still don't know exactly what is behind the damn thing. But we do know that the XFL has new owners with a resume that some would say are five, six, maybe even seven-star resumes. Is that what a league like the cfl needs to fix a broken business model is that what the world needs bryant for football to expand globally this is episode 167 we're all business today just business no No rules rules. just business and that's how i'm gonna act very professional i think i should go get a tie maybe i don't have a sport coat though so maybe it's just going to be a tie on top of my Wildcats t-shirt here. I, I don't know. Uh, it is just business. We'll get into what Randy Ambrosi said about the league. Uh, current discussions with Big. the XFL. Big update week for Randy. The update tour 2021 for Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner <laughs> of the CFL. <laughs> update tour 2021, the CFL with some big announcements that we anticipated regarding their 2021 season. We're talking CFL, even though this is not the CFL show, but alignment with the XFL. We have to pay attention to it. What's going on with the CFL? Well, we got a lot of updates to the beginning of their season this week. Non-updates to the XFL negotiations with the CFL. We're going to get into all of it on this week's show. 724-565-4XFL is the XFL fan line for you to call. Hit us up. The number's right down there below us. And you could get on the show or you could ask a question, whatever you want. Text us your question, your comment, and we'll get into it when we dink and dunk around at the beginning of the show because that's what we do every week, Bryant. It is what we do every single week. Alan, did you mention that we have, um, I don't know, Dave Naylor on the show today too, by the way? We have Dave <laughs> Naylor again. Okay. Yes, I was getting to, to that. Sure. That was the that was going to be the, the big part here, the big chunk of the show, a uh, conversation that you get going with Dave Naylor of TSN, Football Insider, Bryant, and you're like, okay, we'll have him for 15 minutes. He's a busy guy. Go for 20. Okay, we'll have him for another couple minutes. We end up like a 30, 40 minute conversation, hearing great stories, hearing great insight. And it's, I, I would say, maybe even better than our first conversation with him about a month ago. Yeah, no, it, Dave Naylor seems, I don't think I've talked to Vince or you as long as I've talked to Dave Naylor in the last month <laughs> or so. So uh, it is a great conversation. Some good insight from the TSN CFL insider, Dave Naylor. So he's coming on the show later on Dave Naylor, TSN. We had him on a month ago when the CFL XFL news kind of broke. And now we have him back to get an update on where things stand, uh, get a reaction and more insight into the announcements made by the CFL this week with regards to their 2021 season. 
Very, very, very good conversation. We're going to play that for you later on during this week's hot read. We'll get into some very, very detailed notes from the Randy Ambrosi update tour in the cover two this week. We are brought to you, though, by Pretty Easy Podcast. You could, of course, go check out our great sponsor at prettyeasypodcast.com. We thank them, and we thank you for going to prettyeasypodcast.com to start your own podcast today because everybody should be able to have a voice and have fun podcasting like we do, Bryant, although they don't get cool Mortal Kombat graphics in their background like we do, although all you have to do is say, hey, Pretty Easy Podcast, hook me up, and they give you the toasty guy behind you because that's what i got today because mortal combat comes out this week in case you didn't toast yeah i I didn't know it came out this week i'm only playing actually old school snes games now so well you could play mortal combat on snes but there's no blood because nintendo oh oh that's you know nintendo Eh, it's fine it's not real it's not but pretty easy podcast is and they have a catchphrase real quick what is it uh they make podcasting uh pretty easy Get over here! Get the camera back on me. And let's talk about what we're going to be doing today. Some more, some some tweets, some reactions. Oh my goodness, a YouTube comment that just totally did not age well, Bryant. We'll get into it real quick. At XFL Show. If you want to hit us up on social media, on Twitter and Instagram or wherever you socialize and get down. Let your love for football lead the way at XFL show. And before we even kick the show off today, I also want to acknowledge we lost a member of the XFL family this past week. Very tragic. Former USC offensive lineman and DC defender Chris Brown passed away, Bryant. Uh, horrible, young, 24 years old, tragic. Never want to see something like this, but we do want to acknowledge it because a member of the XFL family's family to us. So rest in peace to Chris Brown and all of our love and support to uh, his friends and family. Absolutely, yes. So we we pay tribute to a fallen XFL brother as we move on with this show. We're going to dink and dunk first and foremost around XFL social media. And right before we went on the, the uh, chair here for recording, because we're not on the air because podcasting's different from radio, I sometimes forget, Brian, but former Renegades... Defensive coordinator Chris Woods uh, acknowledging that the LFA in Mexico, the Liga Football Americano, I believe, one of our one of professional, one of our favorite uh, football leagues to watch. After we close up shop on a recording evening, uh, they're I keeping an eye out. I guess is the rumor of for the XFL CFL negotiations. I think their commissioner might have had some comments, Brian, about it. Uh, but <laughs> that hit social media a bit. And defensive coordinator Chris Woods from the Renegades tweets out right before we started today, which is great, good timing. Uh, with the inevitable merger of the CFL and XFL, plus the Liga del Football Americano Profesional into North into the North American Football League, the hashtag NAFL. I'm throwing my hat in the ring to coach either Cancun, Cabo, or Puerto Vallarta teams. Let's make it so at the Rock with emojis <laughs> such as the sun and the waves and a, looks and a like drink. a Mai Tai yeah. a, and, a, and a palm tree and a sunglasses with shades. Go If you can dream it, Chris Woods, it can be real. We wish him luck. 
and becoming If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish Cancun anything. Cougars. Yes. At the Cancun. Yes. <laughs> Los Culebras de Cancun is what we said <laughs> it would be. Uh, football in the beach. You know, this kind of reminded me. It just hit me. Do you remember back in 20, I want to say 2018, when we were discussing the what cities would be great cities for the XFL to actually be in. And you and Vincent, I think it was Jake. I don't think I was part of this conversation said it would be great to have a tourist city where like the attraction <laughs> is having the tourists come to the game. I guess one of those would be one of the, the markets for that. What are you doing yeah, in Cancun? Oh, I came and saw a football game, XFL game. It's it's, isn't it? It's not like, isn't it like always cheap to get down there? I guess Especially it depends like on where you're flying seasons. from, but yeah, like yeah. totally, yeah. It would, the colder Chris it is Woods. here, the harder it is to get down there. It's, it's why are we th- why, why why do we instantly go to Cancun? the The team in Mexico is going to play in Mexico City or TJ, right? That's that's a, Chris Woods is mistaken here. I think he's dreaming, yeah. which I respect, but I love I love how badly he wants to just be coaching again in the XFL or whatever's next because he he has some fun tweets i went down his timeline too the former defensive coordinator for the <laughs> I think we have a drop Although, from him too if i'm not mistaken we do i might have to research it here while you talk in a little bit was how defensive coordinator, no, was offensive coordinator. yeah how mummy got a lot of xfl coaches in the news this week how mummy's in yeah. the uh uh the, the csl league. and and so is um was it kevin gilbride kevin gilbride got another job kevin too. gilbride's in it yeah. which is kind of kind of a shock to me um the two are the that's how that's hey age is just a number because older coaches still have a ton to give still want to you know give their knowledge and do work and they're uh, i respect it and love it so i'm excited now for the spring league which like we said last week that tv deal you're going to be able to see all those games easily and i mean vince like our friend He'll just watch it just for How Mummy. Some people will do that. <laughs> Play I'll, fast, I'll do it again. For, I want to see some How Mummy offense. Play fast, do it again. Let's do it. So coaches in the news and getting active on social media. Love to see that. And uh, as we finish up dinking and dunking around here, Bryant, YouTube comments generally for us aren't too heinous. Uh, this one's not heinous. It just didn't check, age check. well. And, you know, I, I – I, I saw where they were coming from, but then, you know, with the announcement from Randy Ambrosi this week of the postponement of <laughs> basically the CFL calendar, the the, the move moving it back a little bit, n- none of this made sense from Joe on YouTube, who questioned your K R O Q K Rock analogy last week, which I appreciated. Uh, Thank you. I believe you said it's like something to, about like playing different music and that you're offending people with some music, but then really getting people into it with the other, and you can't please. You're always pissing basically. somebody off, right? You yeah. always play Weezer and you play Modest Yao. You're you're a pleasing half and you're pissing off the other half. Are you trying to say Modest Yahoo? Is it was Modest Yao when I grew up? Is it Modest Yahoo now? It's Is, I thought it was the Yahoo? other way around. I think it's Modest um, Yao now. Anyway, I, either way, you're you're. You're a, a fan of K-Rock, and so am I, and I, we like that analogy. I thought it made sense, but Joe didn't. And Joe said, the merger, if it happens, will absorb the XFL. Too much history in the CFL for it to happen in reverse. Grey Cup will not move out of Thanksgiving weekend. All of that other stuff may be, but the Grey Cup moving out of Thanksgiving weekend, at least this year, Joe, 
is happening because that got moved to December 12th. <laughs> so, so not always going to be. Also, my, mind I, you, last year, not played on Thanksgiving either. Also, which Thanksgiving is it? Yeah, I don't, what, I don't know. My Thanksgiving, about is it the Canadian Thanksgiving? Canadian uh, Thanksgiving too much, but I know that they do some different things, different dates or whatever. Um, but I definitely am pretty sure it's not in December. Is that correct, Brian? That is, that is, I believe yeah. they have Boxing Day, which I don't think is Thanksgiving. It's the only other thing I know that which, they have down there. That's there. why I love Canada. They uh, a, a a nation that dedicates a holiday to pugilism. The sweet science is what I'm all about. That's Boxing <laughs> Day, right? I don't know. Uh, did you? I read this a little because the way it was written out, it says if it happens, we'll absorb the XFL. Too much history in the CFL for it happen in reverse. I felt like he was just kind of like in a play. It was it was it was very eloquent. And I mean, really honestly, too, though, if you're absorbing the XFL, what are you absorbing? There are no teams, there's nothing except ownership right name. now. So yeah. yeah. So um but but the the Grey Cup will not move out anywhere. I'm still in favor of keeping the Grey Cup as the championship no matter oh, what happens. Overall, no matter what happens. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. It's either that trophy or the the piece of tin foil that's sitting inside of McKay's living room right now that I got to actually touch uh, before the season last year, but that's just sitting in um in like a living room. I think the corners are like bent in, kind of like an old picture where the corners just start bending in slowly. That's what it looked like. So you got to see what the championship would have been. No, the 2001 trophy is what I'm saying. The 2001 trophy. Okay, yeah, the old one. I was gonna say no, but I, I, this is news, breaking news. Bryant saw what the <laughs> You imagine <laughs> the fictitious 2020 trophy was going to look like that. That would have been some some good news to drop here. Unfortunately, we'll just have to wait for the Dave Naylor interview when we run that for some more some insight and news there. Uh, but we appreciate Joe commenting and listening and watching the show on YouTube. And uh, we'll see what happens moving forward with Thanksgiving football uh, whenever the CFL and XFL align in whatever way they align. But we appreciate you at XFL Show on social media if you want to get involved on that dink and dunk segment or if you want to comment on YouTube, too. We go down that hole a little bit uh, until it gets too dark and scary, and then we got to go back up and go, ah, the YouTube comments! But generally, well-behaved. Well Good behavior with a U, especially from the Canadians that have been watching the show lately. If you're ready, Brian, I'm ready, though. we got to go and cover this. Randy Ambrosi update tour 2021 before we toss it to Dave Naylor. I'm all for some updates, man. Let's get this covered. The CFL has postponed their 2021 season officially. We anticipated this reports came out last week that we would hear this this week. We know this. And now it's officially targeted, not Guaranteed to kick off, targeted for August 5th. That gives the CFL, according to Randy Ambrosi and everybody reporting on this this week, about mid-June is basically now where they have to have their concrete plans. Okay, August 5th is the date. Okay, this is what's happening. And that's basically the timeline. They're extending the runway, Bryant. Mid-June is where they'll make the decisions. August is where they hope to kick off. Of course, they're waiting on the Canadian government. Can they have fans? 
in all their cities, not just some, which is the case right now. And is the pandemic and the virus getting, you know, squelched with more va- as more vaccines become available in Canada? Those are the things they're waiting for. So with now a little over a month or a couple months-ish, they are going to wait and see that and then hopefully be able to kick off two months later in August. Ambrosi also said this week, Brian, that they have backup plans and those backup plans have backup plans and those backup plans are backed up as well. So they have contingencies in place. So, for instance, say (laughs) they've even thrown it out there. They can't play in front of I, I also on the update tour. Randy Ambrosi did say how important it is to have fans in the stands like they don't make any bones about it they don't try to beat around that bush we are a league that is solely like super dependent on fans being in attendance which is not the case for most other sports leagues these days um but he said basically if that isn't the case if you know government restrictions make it so teams in the east can't have fans There might be a scenario where the CFL says, okay, we're going to play basically with all the teams playing in the west side of the country. East Coast teams will have home games on the west. Um, So you could see the Argos maybe calling Vancouver home or wherever. So that might happen. That is just a backup scenario that was thrown out there. But just know that they have backup plans. It's just they are really dead set on playing no matter what, ideally – with everyone playing in their normal home. And, of course, this is a 14-game season now, Bryant, with the Grey Cup coming December 12th in Hamilton, Ontario. So the CFL, a future XFL partner, that's why we're covering it, uh, is really making some strategic plans to make sure that they kick off this season in 2021. And we have Dave Naylor on later on, Bryant. We did ask him, how how damn important is it for the CFL to actually play this year? Are they done ski? Is the CFL no more if they can't kick off this year? That's something we'll get in with Dave Naylor. But what are your thoughts first on the CFL postponing their season, pushing it back to August? Well, first, uh, I don't know if you remember the movie uh, The Big Hit, Marky Mark and um, Lou Diamond Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, yeah. there's a scene in there where uh, they're trying to trace a call and the guy's like, you have Busta? Well, I have Busta Busta and you have Busta Busta. That's all I think about with this. I have a backup and then I have a backup backup backup, backup, and then I have a backup backup backup. Uh, It's good that they have these plans. I'm I'm happy, like I've said on the show, and maybe I'll take it back slightly when it comes to I think that they are committed to committing or sorry, committing to saying that they are committed to playing. I appreciate them coming out with actual dates instead of saying, hey, we're going to delay and we'll look at it here in a little bit and see what happens. They had to. Oh. They had to. They, I mean, they strung people along and living in this un, this world of we don't know. It's just it's good to have someone go out there and say, hey, at least this is what we're aiming at. This is what we're thinking. Not 100 percent. That's just at least somewhat comforting in these uncertain times, because really all people this week could really know for sure is, okay, uh, Mortal Kombat's coming out on Friday, so I'm going to watch that. And everything else in life, I don't know, in terms of the CFL and uh, getting to go see, I don't know, one of my teams if I'm living in Eastern Canada because I'm totally locked down, can't even see the Blue Jays. I mean, can't do anything right now. Well, the Blue Jays are playing in Tampa Bay right now. No, I'm sorry, in Orlando. No. Orlando? They're 
No. They're somewhere they? in Florida. They're, in Florida. they're somewhere south. Yeah, yeah Florida somewhere. Uh, it, look, I, I think what Randy Ambrose is doing is obviously saying, hey, we're trying to make this happen. We are. And, and I get it, and I appreciate it, like I was saying. But when we talk to Dave Naylor later, when we, when we ask him, is it that important? I mean, ask yourselves, how would you feel if the CFL didn't come back this year? How would you feel if they had to wait another year? Not to their fault. Like, yes, their business model sucks. Yes, their business model is not ideal for what it should be in the 21st century. In 2021, it should not be this way. Regardless of that, it's not their fault that their business model doesn't work anymore. So you have to ask yourself, does the CFL need to play? Do you care if it does? Meaning, if it doesn't, are you going to be... I'm done. Type of, there's so many questions to be asked. I think the CFL's uh, biggest question mark is going to be players. Players are being told, don't make any changes to your current day-to-day lives. Stay the course. We're still trying to figure out exactly what's happening. Like, you know, once we hear more, we'll let you know. And that's the scary part to me is you're stringing along fans. You're stringing along business partners. You're stringing along cities. But you're also stringing along your players, and at some that's, point, that's the players the most, need to know what's yeah. going on. That's probably the most important uh, reason why Randy Ambrosi had to go out this week and do something like this, because you got to reassure those players who their own player association last week said, "Hey, don't don't do anything that jeopardizes your employment here," because we're planning on playing. We think we don't know exactly, but now the commissioner comes out and says, "This here's a date to look forward to," so you could kind of, if you're a player plan your life now around an august 5th kickoff i guess so uh, not even an august 5th kickoff and also a december finish december in all for all intents and purposes people aren't hiring in december people are trying to save money in december so if you are dependent on something that goes on after the cfl season that's a bigger question mark now too because according i didn't know this that it's played on thanksgiving day weekend that's in october that gives you two and a half months to find a job before the end of the year great now that window is shortened do you want to spend Christmas without a job? I don't know. Like those are things that have to that, that are going. That if I was a player, I'd be thinking about. Yeah, it's 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 important that we have this kind of information from the league. Uh, if we're following the CFL as fans, as people covering the XFL, and who are just interested, or as more importantly, players in that league, you need to know the plan from the top. And right now, that's the plan from the top. We got that this week. Big big news. If you're a CFL fan, if you follow the CFL, if you're an XFL fan, that maybe kind of will uh, interest you unless you're like me or some other people who really just want to watch the CFL this year, the most anticipated season for uh, me as a CFL fan ever. I know that for sure because now me as an XFL fan. Too. Yeah. So, but then on the other side of it, we did also get some Randy Ambrosi talking actually about the CFL this week in his update tour and some of the notes from that are uh, first off, no, the CFL is not looking for funding from the XFL. They haven't asked for it. They're not probably going to ask for it. It sounds like they, Randy Ambrosi said, we think there's a Canadian solution to playing this year, basically saying we're going to do this in house. Um, so there's that, which is something that have, has come up in just us speculating and discussing everything going on with the discussions and, what could potentially be the case when you talk about Redbird Capital, the owners of the XFL along with The Rock and Danny Garcia having 
billions. <laughs> you know, it's not like the CFL owners have their money too, but maybe someone coming in and helping you out is something you're going to look for if you're a shrewd business person. So is that, we thought of that. That's apparently not the case. So that's one thing that got squashed this week, Bryant. What are you laughing at? Oh, I just, it's because you're like between the, you know, the, you know, the rock and Danny Garcia and Redbird capital, you know, there's just billions of dollars in there. And that's like, well, yeah, between me and, and, um, you know, Gordy Howe, we have we have the second most games played in NHL history. You do. You know that? <laughs> so, yeah. look, the, the money is there. And I think that's something that I think fans need. To, and we'll get into that, too, in our conversation with Dave Miller is it's not just an XFL partnership. It's a it's a Redbird Capital partnership. But regardless, the CFL is not I don't know if they're not interested, but I just don't think they're going to take that aspect or that avenue of, hey, Redbird, can you help us? Play well, this? if that was something like real quick detour down just to look at that road and just be like what would that look like maybe if you did that that would mean the cfl so desperate and they are beholden now to the owners of the xfl they virtually have sold themselves to that group and in a way worse position of power and a negotiation and anything that's going to come up in the future with the talks that they have going on so with those talks going on, if that funding issue ever was a real thing, like the CFL would be totally damaging their their chances at going to the negotiating table and winning whatever they're looking to win in those discussions, whether it be rules-related, money-related, business, whatever. Like, you could definitely say goodbye to three downs if, <laughs> if the XFL people are funding 2021. But that's not happening. Randy Ambrosi says... That's not something they're considering, but well, it's not. It's, okay, change. look, they're not considering it. Does Redbird Capital now consider it? That's the other question, right? Is like, hey, <laughs> it's important to us that you play the 2021 season, so mm-hmm. let's figure out a way that we can make this work for you. And what's it going to take? That's another aspect that you can look at this. Look, I don't see the CFL making any money this season. I, I very hard for me now. The point, the, the the question is, how bad are your losses going to be? Ideally, your losses are as small as possible. So I get what they're trying to do. But with the CFL and the XFL's discussions happening now, the CFL's intent on just doing what they're doing. So maybe that has nothing to do with the 2021 season. But I was more interested in the fact that saying, hey, this is just business talks right now. Are we in? We're in the cover two, right? The part two of the cover two? Yes. That's it. <laughs> Uh, you're on. You, you're, you're following the rundown well. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I just all over the place today. I have the Dodgers on. It's just look the CFL. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> uh, I'll go for three when it matters. Um, regardless, I think the CFL and the XFL's discussions being only about business. Do you feel like it's a little deflating for fans? Because look, I get it. I get it. It's probably going to happen. The merger is like most yeah. likely. That's the highest thing. I want to know what's going to happen to my rules. And for Randy Ambrosi to come out and say, yeah, we're just talking business. We haven't even talked rules. It's like, oh, I want to talk rules. Well, I want the rules. You, uh, I mean, well, yeah, I'm, us, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a, as a fan. Yeah. Us as like super diehard nerds who are really following this, like every single nook and cranny on this road. Yes, that's like, oh, they're not even talking rules yet. But in the grand scheme of things, that makes total sense. Uh, but yeah, Randy Ambrosi this week said, we haven't really discussed rules or anything like that. This has been all business model talk, talking about what we do as a business, what they do, what they're looking to do, what we're looking to do, and basically 
just kind of like learning about each other, it sounds like. And it, maybe some of that's a lot uh, official. We'll get into it with Dave Naylor. We'll, uh, we did discuss that with him. But, yeah, it's been all business, according to Randy Ambrosi, this commissioner of the CFL, not rules so at, during these talks. So, yeah, if you've been like following this with us and thinking, oh, man, I wonder if they got to uh, the waggle this week in forward motion or whatever and, and, and how many players on the field. Apparently none of that's been what is yet. a waggle? I don't know what the waggle is. What is a waggle? The forward motion. That's the slot. Oh, is that what that is? Can oh, go man. forward in the CFL. They call great it rule. the waggle, though. There wasn't a better name for that. It's a great name. What's wrong with a waggle? That's like what That's I would cool. call my like say. super move when I was playing like checkers. Hey, here comes the waggle, so I could cheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Dad! He's about to do his big <laughs> waggle jump into the pool. Like I my like kid, it. it's my re- my kid wrestling name when I was like wrestling in on the bed. Here come <laughs> the, the waggle, the waggler. Sorry. Well, they are not discussing the waggle. They're discussing. No, no, business. hold on. Now, do you believe that? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I, don't, I do. I don't. I do because they're. I don't think they're deep enough into the discussions and even really know what the plan is. Obviously, to to talk rules yet i i think they do have to discuss business terms business uh opportunities not even negotiating yet it sounds like they're just really sizing each other up to me that's what it means to me when randy ambrosi says oh it's been all business our model and opposed to rules it it's sizing up it's like look at, <laughs> this is what we got here this is us we got a business model that Really is odd because, um, you know, these are our big market teams. They don't make any money. But our small market teams make good money. But our big market teams are owned by a great big, big sports uh, group. The Redbird that, Capital of Canada, basically. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> so look at them. And the XFL is like, we have The Rock. <laughs> Danny Garcia. Oh, and like Redbird Capital, Jerry Cardinal own like, a handful of the biggest sports entities in the world. So they're sizing each other up and then also discussing like ideas of just, I think wide, wide ranging ideas. Like, like we talked about global expansion, um, providing football for fans at a time. The NFL is not playing. I'm sure uh, figuring out how it would all go down in terms of, uh, you know, teams being set up in different parts of the world or whatever. So, like that, that stuff that gets you to go. Once you get that stuff, then you start talking rules. So, obviously, they're not there yet. That's what it means to me. Disappointing for someone totally falling this every step of the way. Yeah, but not unexpected because the CFL's also trying to figure out 2021 at the same time. So they can't be diving. I'm I'm glad for their sake. They're not discussing the waggle yet with XFL ownership because that would put the 2021 season in jeopardy. And that definitely is what has to come first for them. Well, and I'm telling you, uh, all football fans, not just XFL football fans, especially maybe even the CFL fans with this, is Alan and I specifically, because we've been on this road since day one, um, the discussion is business and you'll see that you, you want to talk about rules. You want to talk about what's going to happen on the kickoffs and, and on the fields and all that stuff. But when we have conversations with Oliver Luck, with Jeffrey Pollock, with everyone in the league, it was all business for about a year and a half, really. 
And then we tried to like sneak rules in there here and there. We tried, we, and it never really came to fruition because it just wasn't on the horizon. Like they never finalized their rules until, you know, the, the, the mini camps probably I would say. Yeah. So it, it's I, no, the last thing like, that's talked about because if it doesn't right before make the season, yeah, right before the season was kicked yeah. off, they were changing up some stuff in the rule book too. So that stuff comes way late. Exactly. So I think uh, we want we we want those answers uh, to all those questions about the rule book, to the demographics, to what's going to happen to all the teams, how is this going to be constructed with conferences or leagues or divisions, playoffs, schedule, all this stuff. But really, Inter league. They don't even know if they could. I put up a smart season last week and I said 12 games. They have to go in and be like, okay, how much money can we make for 12 games? How much money can we make for 14 games? But we got to do this too. So is 14 really the number? Is it 12? Is playing more makes more sense or playing less make more sense? Like they, they, there's so many things that have to go into this before it can even happen. So we're used to it. XFL fans are used to it. CFL fans, come on and join us. I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy this ride. Once it gets there, once it starts becoming. Uh, real uh you're gonna enjoy oh. this ride i promise S- side note i've been rereading uh football for a buck by our good friend jeff perlman who was on the show ages ago and uh got me thinking about ratios for some reason because uh the canadian ratio so if the merger does happen ratio for the region you play in maybe that is a way that could be uh, fixed because everyone's worried about the Canadian ratio going away. If you bring in a ratio for wherever that team's located, maybe that is something. Oh yeah. We lost that because we had to play 15 Canadians and they get to play all Americans. Like that's that's all guys from, but they got to play all guys from Chicago. (laughs) Their linemen are all from Wisconsin. Ours are from Regina. Like this isn't going to (laughs) work. I don't know about that, but maybe that got me thinking about that. But I'm still in that mode. Of course, we're not going to stop speculating about rules and that stuff. But right now, the leagues are probably just talking numbers, honestly. And that's as much as we get into with it with Dave Naylor. He, of course, gives a little bit more insight on the CFL side of things here, Brian. But let's set it up now because we have about a, I don't know what this will end up being cut down to, maybe like a 35, 40-minute conversation with TSN's uh, CFL insider or football insider, uh, Dave Naylor, and who's a household have, name said, in America now, by the way. Yes, like absolutely. Like, kudos to him. Yeah, like, ever, he's he's just chilling. Yeah. He was a Canadian's big, you know, insider guy. Now it's like, hey, I know Dave Naylor. Of course, he's more he, well known out here. He's given the scoop on every major moment on this road to the CFL's eventual uh, kickoff, which Canadians have waited way too long for, and. Uh, he's now, of course, following uh, the breadcrumbs on the XFL discussions and being gener- generous enough to let us know his findings right here on this show. So we're going to get into all the latest that he knows and all the latest from Canada and the CFL and their announcements this week. Have some fun speculating as well with a guy who's following it real close. So a real fun conversation here with TSN football insider Dave Naylor on this week's Hot Read.
Welcome back, Dave. How's the move going? I know that was a big thing on your uh, calendar. Yeah, my you guys may have noticed my decor is a little stripped down from the last time I talked to you, where I had lots of cool stuff on the wall and things like that. And I maybe have a bit of an echo in here because half the furniture is out of my office. It's sitting in a pod in my driveway. All my paraphernalia and pennants and stuff that I used to have here is all packed away. So it's uh, we are T minus seven days from the move. So yeah, it's it's going all right. But you know, I. I I yin and yang. One day I think it's going well. The next day I freak out because I think I'm not going to make it in time. So there you are. <laughs> yeah, we got to pack. We got to pack that room in there. That was I was super jealous last time we had you on. You had a, a pretty cool setup there. We got to get that back. Got to recreate it in another place <laughs> yes. in about a week's time. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, we uh, we got the, we got some big news this week. That's why we wanted to have you back on on the show because mm-hmm. we got an update from the CFLs and and now as XFL fans we are obligated to to really pay attention even though some of us already were but Bryant is now so we wanted to have you back on because the CFL is aiming now for an August 5th kickoff instead of the planned June kickoff and I I just want to start off saying is this now where we're at with the CFL and their 2021 season are they in a, a better a worse or pretty much the same spot as they were when we last talked to you about a month ago well I think you could do a glass half empty, glass half full on that one. I mean, the fact that we're going to not play an 18-game season and we're not going to play until at least August, you could say, is is bad news since the last time we talked and there was still hope of a season. The other side of it would be at least we know what the plan is. I mean, one of the, the sort of complaints about this league over the last 14 months has been that whatever's been discussed in scenario A, B, C, or D has been kind of locked away. And and there hasn't been a ton of of communication to the fans, the players. And I understand why some of that is. Some of it is, is when you've got a split room, it's hard to articulate what your league's position is, you know, and in a nine team league, it's not like you've got, you know, 30 teams that think this way and you got two teams or the other. A lot of splits are, you know, five, four, six, three, seven, two. And those are tough to come out and say, here's our league's position on this because you're, you know, you're going to, until you have a consensus. And I think that's one of the things the commissioner was really working very hard at in the last week or so was trying to find that common ground, that common denominator that everybody can say, yep, we're good with that. I mean, we know there are teams that would play without fans in the stands. We know there aren't nine of them. So it was like, okay, what do we need to do to be able to play? And it looks like what they came up with is we have to have some degree of fans in the stands. They call it significant. We believe that's about 25% of the stadiums need to be open, 25% of capacity. Uh, they've said if they're not all open, they'll adjust. You know, you may have Eastern teams playing home games in the West. And you know what? It's not perfect, guys. Look at college football this year, right? I mean, stuff happens. Um, we all know yeah. this would be a one-off. And, and then the other part of it is I, I think the strategy on this is sound, right? They're looking at it saying, okay, if we want to start by August, That means we need to know by mid-June what the state of things is. And in our conversations with public health authorities, they tell us that by mid-June, there should be data and vaccine information and and other measurements of of the state of the virus that should allow us to tell you whether or not we're going to be able to open some of the stands by early August. There's no point trying to do something early if the governments are going to say, well, we we don't have enough data, we don't have enough information. The, The thing that everybody didn't see coming, or I shouldn't say everybody, but I certainly didn't see coming, was the idea that Ontario, you know, Ontario, the Canada's most populous province with three home to one third of the CFL franchises would be in full lockdown until May, May 21st. I mean, you know, like you can't go to the hardware store here. Like it is, it is lockdown tight. 
Um, and the and the cases, uh, the daily case counts. I mean, we've had our highest since the pandemic began within like the last 10 days. You know, they're down a little bit over this week. But, you know, th- th- this is I, I did not foresee this. If you'd asked me in January and February, you know, what, where are we going to be in April? I'm like, well, people are vaccinated. People are getting outside, all those kind of things. Um, but, you know, they've just started vaccinating people 40 and over in Ontario this week. So we hope that uh, what happens here is similar to what's happened in countries like the UK or Israel or the United States, where it went from a very bad situation to a much more manageable situation once everybody started getting their vaccines. And that's that's really the pro- the projection that the league is making, but they can't really zone in on that projection until they get to mid-June. Well, right, because I think I read that Ontario wasn't even looking at any type of CFL proposal to get them back in the stadiums. Right? They got like, it in their hands. And essentially, the, the government right said, not no, but not yet. <laughs> like, like we got a few <laughs> things on our plate. We got people in ICUs. We got businesses shut down. We, you know, we got all kinds of issues. And, and they just, frankly, don't have the, t- the time or the wherewithal to deal with it right now. And, and, that, and I don't think that... I don't think that's going to be the hurdle here. I think once the case numbers start to go down, I think the return to play protocol, the same people who worked on the National Hockey Leagues or some of those people that worked on the CFLs, they know what government expects. Um, you know, They've got verbal sign-off on that protocol from four Western provinces. So that's not going to be the issue. The issue is going to be open up the stands. And you know, the governments here have kind of been focused on numbers of people, You know, uh, not more than even you know, what the, what the size of the venue is. Like, like I, I keep bringing up that last summer, you know, you had bars, restaurants, gyms, strip clubs all open, you know, for months, but there was never a stadium that was open up, even though there were some games that were held in Canada. So uh, I think there may be some lobbying effort on the, on the part of the CFL and other sports leagues to say, Hey, um, if this isn't safe, sure. We understand why you won't be opening up the stands, but um is the reason to believe that sitting outdoors in a stadium, socially distanced, you know, in 25% capacity of the stadium is more dangerous than a whole lot of other things that the government has already, at least a year ago, you know, approved. For sure. And and I think that's just always the question. No one, I don't, I don't know if anyone really knows the answers. We're just all flowing with it right now. And, and the CFL is in a very uh, interesting predicament because, you know, they're dependent on uh, fans in the stands uh, also playing their normal uh season right they're, they're they're not going to the 18 games they're going to a 14 game schedule uh do you know because last we heard the cfl was going to ask players to take a pay cut for to try to get the season rolling is that still on the table for this 14 game season or is that part not, not part of the plans anymore well i think that's going to be at the negotiating table there's some amendments to the cba that have to happen i mean when you change the schedule from 18 to 14 games that alone you know requires a cba amendment um, so th- they're going to have to be some trading at, at the, at the table. I think, um, you, you know, on, on the, on the issue of, um, you know, like even on pay, right. Is it just prorated or, you know, that these guys are going to miss games. So you miss game checks or is there going to be, you know, some other way cue me back to what the question you asked was. I just lost my thought there for a moment. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. It was just more about the, like, how are the players? Where oh, are the players? Oh, the 20% cut. Because yeah, they were asked to take a pay cut. Right, and, right, right. So that's yeah. going to be at the negotiating table. I think the league hopes that that provision was for games that were played with no fans in the stands. Like basically saying, hey, if we're going to put games on with no gate revenue, we need you to help us. 
And the players just mm-hmm. on a straight out principle basis, you know, were pretty negative to that. I think the league hopes that they won't have to do that because if they're not playing games with no fans in the stands, then you don't have to ask for that. Now, the question is, at what point would they say uh, that's enough of the stadium to be open that we don't need a concession from the players? Is it 25 percent? Is it 50 percent? I think there are going to be a lot of things at the table that are going to be bargained. My, my instinct is, and this is just a gut instinct, that I don't see this as the stopper in the deal. Like, I would be surprised if they get the authority to play, if they get the stadiums opened up, if, you know, the players obviously have to agree to a 14-game season because that's not in the CBA, that the whole idea of them taking cuts with fans in the stands, I, I just my instinct tells me I, I would be surprised if, if that's the reason the CFL doesn't play this year. Well, you talk about not playing this year. I think that's still an option out there. You know, it, I've said on the show a couple of times that the CFL is more committed to saying they're committed than actually committed. I think I might take that back just because they actually came out with a plan. You know, they didn't just say, hey, we'll come back in August they and let's you. see where we are. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how grave would it be if they had to do the unthinkable and cancel another season? I'm a bit of a contrarian on this one. You know, I, I don't believe it's, you know, the end of the world if they don't play this year. Like I and and that's not to suggest that I don't think there's an urgency or that it wouldn't be better or those kind of things. I, I just look at it practically and I say, okay, like I remember when the National Hockey League disappeared for a year, right? And I was probably one of those people who said, there's no way you can take your league completely out of the news cycle for an entire year, you know, in 30 markets and then just come back. Well they did. And you know what? The, like people flocked, at least in this country, they flocked to the arenas. I mean, you couldn't keep people out, right? All of that anger, you know, that wasn't because of a pandemic. People were mad. They were mad at the owners. They were mad at the players. They're mad at everybody. Sorry, game on. Boom, we're back, right? Um, and look, I know that the loyalty point in this country for hockey is different than football. Uh, but I mean, you look at, let's still use Ottawa, for example. Ottawa's, the team folded there in two, the spring of 2006. I was living there then. Okay, for the next few years, nobody talked about CFL football like, you know, and if you did have a conversation about CFL football, people's eyeballs hit the ceiling before you finished your first sentence because we were just fed up with it. Team had folded, gone, whatever. They came back in 2014. Every game sold out. They were gone for eight years, (laughs) eight years of no CFL football in Ottawa. (laughs) Nobody watching it. And when it came back, boom. Right. So you get into these debates, what's more likely, you know, out of sight, out of mind or absence makes the heart grow faster. I think like actual evidence tells us that absence makes the heart grow faster is a more likely scenario than, gee, you know, I completely forgot about the Canadian football league during that two years they didn't play. Well, no, I, and I understand why people argue it and I'm not arguing to not play. I'm just saying that empirically, when I look at the things that in the sports world that, that try to relate to a situation like this, it doesn't make sense to me that if for some reason, if there's a new variant that rips through this country and the vaccines can't block it and all kinds of, and we don't play this year, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. And the other thing is that, again, it's not necessarily like the teams are going to have some great economic windfall if they play this year versus if they don't play this year, they're going to be in tough economic situation in either scenario. So it's not like if they don't, you know, the, there's a great financial difference. And I just don't think fans forget that quickly. So uh, I understand the urgency, and I think there are owners that absolutely believe they do need to play. But when I see these comments from you know somebody saying, if they don't play this year, that's it for the CFL, that, that just doesn't pass my logic test. 
So then this week, going off that, Randy Ambrosi said there when faced with the question, uh, asking the XFL for funding for this season, uh, said that he they, they think they could find a strictly Canadian solution, meaning no, that not thinking about that. So you're saying, at least you're a contrarian here, you, you said yourself, do you think the CFL would even put that on the table if it comes down to that, resorting to Redbird Capital funding to get the 2021 season off the ground? Is it, Do you think people in the building at CFL headquarters are thinking it's that dire to get the season played this season, this year? You, you know, I, I had asked that question to some people at uh, senior positions in, in the league uh, before Randy made those comments uh, yesterday, and I had been told that that was not on the table, that that was not an option, that in terms of the discussions with Redbird and and Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson, that uh, th- there was never an idea that they would finance this season. Um, I, I mean, you could see how that might be thrown into some business arrangement, that if you were going to do this and they were going to do this and you're going to do this and they'll provide you with an injection of capital to get you through this season, I guess you can see how, how that would come about. But from what I understand, that is not part. I, I really do think these two things are running on parallel tracks. Like one is about the next few months and one is about the next few years. And I haven't found a point where they intersect, where if this happens, then that has this effect on that. Um, so, no, I don't think that's I, I don't think that is where the league is prepared to go. Uh, and although it, I could see where it might have made some sense and I wondered about it myself, you know, to my understanding and knowledge, there is no point where between now and August 5th, they're going to turn to Redbird and say, hey, uh, can you can you finance help us finance this season? I mean, and, and we should be clear to some degree. The CFL is not a rich league and the economy of scale comparison to the NFL is, you know, single digit percentage points right now as, as the NFL's economy keeps growing. But the owners in this league, um, you know, are not marginally wealthy. They're very, very wealthy. Now, I, I have a problem sometimes when people say, well, they're they're wealthy, therefore they should just, you know, write blank checks forever and pay without plant fan. You know, part of the reason wealthy people are wealthy is because they make good business decisions <laughs> to get here, right? I, I, I don't, I really resent almost that view of like, well, they can afford it. Well, yeah, but you know, it's got to make business sense. But that said, you know, it's not like they would be collectively desperate for, if they wanted, if they needed to spend capital, that they would need to borrow it from Redbird or, or you know, necessarily have it as part of an arrangement because they do individually. I mean, there's three of the teams that are publicly owned. That's a bit of a different category. But you look at the six private owners collectively, um, you know, there, there's there's plenty of wealth there if they if they want to, you know, use that to, to finance this season. And I think every one of them knows that to play this year, to some degree, it's going to mean reaching into their pockets. Well, I think it also could be that what if Redbird feels it's important for the CFO to play this season? Then maybe they interject, right? You're, you're saying parallel tracks. Maybe at some point they intersect and, and Redbird says, hey, we want you to play. It'll help us in the future. I can see maybe something like that happening perhaps too. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I, again, that's that's a there's so many parts of this story that are so speculative. Like I don't know how much it would matter to the XFL partners if the CFL plays this year, like whether that makes a difference to them or not. Um I haven't been told either way, you know, that it, that it does or it doesn't. It was interesting, Randy Ambrosi's comments about kind of characterizing the conversation with the XFL that, that, and it makes sense. What he said is that, you know, they're exploring, you know, what the business collaboration would bring, you know, the due diligence on that. And, and it does make sense that you would have to make sure that this is actually an arrangement that is going to benefit you sufficiently before you sit down and say, 
okay, now what are we going to do about three downs versus four, right? Like there's no point having that conversation <laughs> if it doesn't make business sense for your league to get involved in this. So, you know, if, if that is still the stage they're at, you know, exploring what the collaboration would look like, what the revenue streams would look like, how they'd be shared, how they'd be divided, you know, how you're going to build your business. Those are probably the things that you need to knock off before you get to. So how wide is the field going to be? Yeah, that, that's going right to my next question, Dave. Uh, hopping from the track that we were on the CFL 2021 season over to XFL CFL discussions. Uh, Randy Ambrosi said, we're not talking about rules uh, this week with the XFL. And like you said, that that does make sense. So what, what do you think it means when he says it's been all about business? Are they taking a look at both entities financials do you think this is like a formal situation where they're putting books down and really comparing and figuring all that stuff out do you think because they're saying it's getting serious and now they're saying he said there's a sense of urgency what do you think that actually means well look i i think they've probably talked about the rules thing i don't know if they've negotiated off the rule things i mean look i i as i said right away there's three questions that that come to mind on this one that are impossible to ignore right when are you playing (laughs) What are the rules? And this one's a bit sentimental for Canadians, but what trophy are you playing for? Okay, that, those are the three that, that mm-hmm. you know just come up automatically. Um, so I, I think you know they, they, there's got to be some acknowledgement that they're going to have to get there, even if they're not sitting down and, and negotiating over those points. But I guess the question is sort of looking at you know what would a CFL look like if 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 you're playing from April to September. What are the revenue streams that are coming in to play with the XFL? You know, what's the split of those revenue streams going to be? What's the budget of your team going to be? What are the costs you're incurred if you're flying to Houston and Washington and Tampa Bay? I mean, you you really have to project all of those things to see what does the business of a new league, a collaborative league look like? And And if you get that far and you say, you know, we think this this is sustainable and this works. Um, then you've got, um, you know, you've got an opportunity, you know, to sort of get to the next level. But I, it, it sounds like that's what they're doing. And basically, I was told this is due diligence stage, right? And if anybody comes with you for a business proposal, somebody wants to buy your show and put it on a different platform, the first thing you guys would do is do your due diligence, right, on who these people are that want to buy it and where they want to take it and what you're going to get from it. That's that I think is is essentially, you know, what what is from what I can understand is is what is happening right now. Uh, and and I think if the business projections are positive and, and you know, the league, especially through this next few years, can see a way through it, then you're going to probably move to the next stage. Uh, well, I mean, I think on the XFL side, we've, we've been so intrigued and, and, and want something to kind of come from all this. But the more you look at it, the more you read, it just doesn't seem clear, at least. It just seems like we're kind of where we are. Is there a clear picture now of what – this partnership may look like in the next few years on your side, or is it just the kind of where we were a month ago? Where we I think, were? I think we are. It's funny. I, I do a lot of radio interviews in this country, and, and you know, I always get asked, what's the latest on the XFL-CFL negotiations? And the answer I've been giving lately is I don't know. Uh, and, and I think the, there's a reason for that. Um, you know, this thing is locked down with non-disclosure agreements, I'm quite certain. Um, you know, so you know, the most that I've been able to even um, – you know, get a sense of, I, I honestly have to come up with ideas by my, on myself and then maybe run them by people and say, does this make sense? And people will kind of wink at you and you go, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that could, yeah. Or no, I don't think that's going to happen. Like there's not a lot of leaks of information happening here. You kind of get, 
you get a nod or a wink if you kind of bring up an idea. And, and I'll, I'll bring up an example. I wrote a column a couple of weeks ago about the shared international v- vision of the XFL and the CFL. And it's funny, I, I, the mm-hmm. way I came up with the idea for that column uh, was I was sitting there one night and I was about to tweet out, hey, I think one of the elements, this whole XFL, CFL thing that has been you know, not explored as, as fully as it should is the idea that they have a shared vision to go international. And I'll be surprised if, if at some point this league doesn't involve designs for teams in Mexico or Europe. And I was about to hit tweet and I thought, you know what? I should write that. Careful. So, so <laughs> yeah, so I went, I went down. I actually went down right at that moment, sat at my computer, and an hour and a half later I had a column. Um, a lot of times when I write columns, the thinking happens as I'm writing, right? And I realized I started thinking about when I spoke to Danny Garcia on March 10th, you know, she said one of the things that brought the XF or brought them to the table was the international relationships that Randy Ambrosi had developed and the idea of global players and expanding the game globally. Uh, somebody pointed out to me that the tweet she made that morning had three emojis, the Canadian flag, the U.S. flag, and the globe, right? And, and then I started, I talked to some people and again, ran these ideas by some people and people were like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like that's, that's part of where these two sides sort of have a shared vision. And I think the possibility of teams in Mexico first and eventually Europe is real. I think that's part of the potential vision of this is these two sides get together and it's, then if you're Canadian, you look at it and say, well, maybe we're not being swallowed up in, you know, another failed attempt at U.S. alternative football. We're, we're going to be part of what's going to be more of a global league. And Randy Ambrosi has had this idea since the start, right? It's been like, we're going to create interest in the CFL in other countries. We're going to reach out and make partnerships. We're going to, our, we're going to become, and he even said to me one time, get used to this phrase, the largest global football league in the world, Okay. He said that to me, all those things. So again, these are things that the ideas went off in my head. Started thinking about that. And the question has always been, how do you monetize that? How do you make that work with nine teams within Canada? But if all of a sudden you're North American, and then you're going to go from there to Mexico, uh, from Canada, U.S. to Mexico, and now you're going to, and you're going to have global players in your league, and you can start to create, you know, you're going to put teams in Europe or what television rights in Mexico, all of a sudden... That seems like, look, it's, it's still like blueprint stuff, but that seems more plausible to me than just saying, well, we're going to have some German offensive linemen and some Finnish safeties, and we're going to sell television rights in Germany and Finland based on that, <laughs> which is essentially what the business model was before you got there, right? Like, if you got a starting quarterback yeah. from Germany in your league, maybe, but, you know, people aren't going to watch the pay in Germany to watch the right guard because he's from Hamburg, right? It's just not, it's not going to, not going to work that way. So, there's an example of an idea that I just kind of got, <laughs> put it all together one night, ran down, wrote a column on it, ran it by a few people in the league. And, you know, like I said, I, I hadn't recognized the emoji that Danny Garcia put out that day with the globe. But that's, I don't want to read too much into it. But when you combine it with what else she told me that day when I yeah. did have a chance to talk to her. And and sometimes, you know, like it's funny because Randy Ambrosi talked a couple of days later about a global vision. And I'm sure people think that like, you know, he texted me and said, hey, write about the global vision or something. Like, I, I hadn't talked to Randy till yesterday since March the 10th, you know. So it's not like him and I are tight and he's providing me updates or things like that. But that's kind of how some of the reporting on this has to be done. You got to kind of read the clues a little bit, come up with your sort of theory and then run it by some people and see if you can get something that way. I mean, that was same thing with the, some of the stuff I wrote about the Argonauts. Like, I started hearing that 
Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment was as bullish or more bullish than any team in the league about pursuing the XFL thing. And I thought to myself, well, why would that be? Let me think. Okay. They've been owners of the Argonauts for four years, either fully as MLSE or with two-thirds of the partners there. Um, you know, they, they made a bet that, that going to BMO Field would be, you know, a game changer for the Argonauts, going to a small outdoor stadium on the shores of Lake Ontario. It hasn't been. It hasn't worked. You know, an MLSE is a company um, that basically their two objectives are to drive revenue and to drive value, whether it's real estate, sports, whatever. They haven't been able to do that with the Toronto Argonauts. So, you know, if I was MLSE and I was looking at my Toronto Argonaut franchise in the CFL and saying, what are we going to do? And somebody suggested an opportunity to, you know, make a bigger league, get involved with U.S. markets, U.S. television, all those. It's no mystery to me why MLSE looks at that and says, you know, we want to explore that because, frankly, the property we have right now under the business model that we're operating on, which is basically no shared revenue in this league or like a very small percentage of short, shared revenue in this league, isn't really working for us. Now, nobody at MLSE told me that, right? But I just, I just kind of figured that out, right? That that's when you, when you start hearing something and then you put it to, to something else, you can kind of come up with your, you know, I don't want to say theory, but your idea about why something you're hearing might be true. And that's kind of how a lot of the reporting on this story yeah. is happening. And you look at the landscape of the sports business world, you know, elsewhere, you see Redbird Capital getting in with a group like Fenway Sports Group. MLSE sees what, what's their, what they're doing and they're, the value of all their properties want to be like them, want to make money like them. That just makes sense. Well, it, it, it does, right? And this is one of the challenges in the league, right, is you've got owners with very, very different incentives. You know, the community-owned team in Winnipeg or Saskatchewan does not have the same goals as Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. And that's always been one of the challenges, right, to getting this league to kind of come together. But you're right. I mean, and you know, I've done uh, spent a little bit of time learning more about Redbird and about Jerry Cardinal and about Alex Shiner, you know, who's his top sports guy. And they don't have a lot of failures on their resumes. I got I got to say there's there's a lot of success there. Um and I and I you can certainly argue whether that's applicable to this situation, but if you were MLSE or you know another team that was concerned about the state of the CFL's business model and you looked at their history of success, I, I think that would certainly attract you to at least want to have the conversation. Um you know and that's that I think is I think that's that's significant when you when you look at the you know that same thing goes for for Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia not a lot of failures on their resumes you know in the sport entertainment field and that's I'm, I'm sure that's part of you know what has brought them brought these sides together and you could certainly understand why you know they would look at that and say you know we have this asset called the Toronto Argonauts it's in the CFL under this traditional business model you know they are one of the teams that wants to explore this and. The only thing I would say is that they may have been you know, more bullish, but any characterization that this is MLSE like leading the league over Niagara Falls, you know, and the other owners are going kicking and kicking and screaming, that is not in from what I can tell the case at all. I mean, there is there is pretty strong backing for you know exploring this idea and seeing where it goes across the league. So you know, MLSE may have been a bit of a catalyst on this one, but I, I don't think they're you know dragging everybody in you know, direction against their will. Well, the noise on, on social media is CFL, XFL, but in reality, it's CFL Redbird, CFL The Rock, it's CFL yeah. uh, Danny Garcia. That's kind of the noise of where it should be. 
Well, and you know, you know, people say, well, what is the XFL, right? It's, it's uh, failed franchises. It's a bunch of equipment sitting in a locker somewhere. No, let's be honest. The XFL is Danny Garcia, Dwayne Johnson, and Redbird Capital. That's, that's the value that you're negotiating with. If, if, you know, if whatever their assets are, are worth, you know, nothing, right? It's, it's the relationships and the expertise that, you, that you're trying to tap into. And, you know, that's, you know, it's interesting because I've read some of the comments from Alex Shiner and Jerry Cardinal, and, and you learned a little bit more about how they, they see sports and see value in sports and things like that. And um, it was funny because I, I think Alex Shiner did a podcast about three weeks before the announcement of the CFL XFL formal talks. And one of the things he talked about was that the thing that hadn't been proven in spring football was, was there a market were people interested and that at least through the five weeks of XFL ratings, when you compare them to other you know, major sports properties, there seemed to be. Now, is that going to be sustainable? And I remember myself saying at some point, your league can't just go down every week in ratings, right? Like at some point, you got to get a point where you're building up and you see that as the season goes on, your ratings were bigger than the week before. And I think in the XFL, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, every week they were smaller than the week before. And that's not a good trend. But at least in terms of the numbers, just in an absolute sense, they were decent. So... The one thing I, it's hard because we all want to know when we want to know when is this going to happen? When are we going to know something? The CFL season is now scheduled to finish somewhere at the beginning of December. Are the CFL and the XFL going to wait until then? It seems like a long time to wait until, uh, if you want a 2022 season, that seems like a long time to wait to, to announce anything. What's your gut feeling? I know there's probably not a lot out there on when this will happen, but for a 2022 season to happen, December's a, December's a long time away, not a long time for you to actually Well, December's a long time away, and if the CFL season ends in mid-December, does anybody really think they're going to be kicking off by April the next year? Like that, mm. again, this is me reading the tea leaves. I feel like this is going to be more likely a 2023 than a 2022, and, and here's the reasons why. One is, by 2023, hopefully, most of this virus stuff is behind us, right? I don't know if you want to invest on in a new league and launch it and find out that next March, there's still this stuff to deal with, right? So that would, it would put you a year beyond hopefully that stuff. Um, two, if you look at the last XFL and you guys would know this, the last XFL coach was hired 10 months before kickoff. Like we're probably already there, right? Or we're about there. We're going to get there pretty soon. If yeah. kickoff is March, you know, and there hasn't been a single coach hired. We don't even know where the cities are. So that doesn't, line up with the timelines of, of last time. And and now that you see that the CFL is going to play till mid-December, that takes an already short offseason and shortens it even more. So my instinct tells me 2023. Um, I guess that makes it more reasonable that we might have to wait until next offseason. The question would be, if it is going to be a 2023 play, what's the CFL doing in 2022? Are they playing? Are they not playing? Are they playing with new rules? Um you know, that to me is, is is almost as intriguing a question as when the XFL CFL uh, collaboration might start. Would be if this doesn't if if this is going to happen, but it's not going to happen to 2023. How do we get through 2022? Because um, you can certainly see that while well, you want to keep the momentum going, you want them playing, but if it's going to mean another year of losses for the CFL owners for a league that's not going to exist anymore, and I know it sounds very strange to say that, kind of surreal. Um, you know, do they just go straight forward, fast forward and say at the end of this season, see everybody in 16 months? I don't know. 
Yeah, we got into a little bit bit of that last time, but I don't even want to speculate on that stuff right now, Dave. I just think I need right now, after all this talk and the speculation that's gone for now over a month, a distraction. So I just want the CFL to kick off and we could just focus on the game. And the speculation will, I think, go to the background a little bit, at least amongst fans who are getting kind of heated right now on social media with all the XFL talk. Well, it it is. And I I, I think that's where people's primary focus still is. I mean, the, the avid fans, you know, I, I think the, it is about, you know, when are we going to play? Because it's, it's been so long and there've been retirements and there, and, and people feel just, they just miss the game. Right? They just miss the game. Um, and, it, but it is going to be a bit surreal to have this other story kind of lurking in the background. Right. And as you know, there's no shortage of people associated with the Canadian football league. And some of them are my colleagues that, you know, who, who are not, big fans of this idea right and, and so yeah it, you well, know, we've seen yeah so that's the other part that's going to be kind of surreal that as we have to kind of follow the news of this there are people who's and, and look i understand this like i understand the opinion of people that just say this sounds like you know writing the cfl's death certificate you know and there are other people that think that ignoring this opportunity sounds like signing the cfl's death certificate and that's where you get the passion because both sides kind of believe that the other side is leading the league, you know, over the cliff. And I've tried to play the middle ground here, right? I, my, my opinion, which has been, I think, mischaracterized by people on Twitter because of some of the snippets of things I say that get lifted out on, on Twitter and stuff like this. But my opinion is I think the status quo is an unsure road for the Canadian football league. Like I, I honestly, I don't know whether it's business pre pandemic, the business model did not work in Montreal, Toronto and Vancouver. So now you're going to go into a worse kind of live event economy. Uh, do you have owners in those cities willing to sustain? Basically, the business model for Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver for the last 20 years has been philanthropy, right? That's been the business model, okay? The, that's why the Toronto Argonauts have had seven owners since 1990. And every time the team sold, it sold for little or no value. That's why... Bob Wettenall in Montreal went running off into the night after the 2018 season. He'd owned the team for 21 years, but in the end, he just threw the keys on the table and took off, right? That's a history of what's happened in this league. Now you've got Vancouver where you've got a team owned by an estate, you know, given the state of the CFL right now, show me the person who's going to step up there and say, I'm going to invest in that team and sustain losses for the next few years because I believe in this. Okay. That's really what I come back to is say, does this league have a sustainable plan for those three markets. And if they don't, then you can't ignore the XFL option because you can't run a six-team league. You know, and that and I I'm concerned that the CFL may be running out of people that want to continue to finance those teams in those three markets. And it's it's so weird because the CFL, for all its quirks and, and things, one of the really weird quirks is that it's an upside-down league, right? Like if we talk about any other major league sport, we're gonna talk about the big markets are New York and L.A., and Chicago, and Houston. Mm-hmm. In this league, the big revenue markets are Regina, 225,000 people in Regina. <laughs> Biggest revenue in the league, okay? <laughs> you know, Winnipeg, again, not a city of a million people, about three-quarters of a million. Biggest revenue in the league. You know, Edmonton, a little bigger, but, you know, the, the cities that suffer revenue-wise are Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. And which is why when you get into a conversation about revenue sharing, it gets very prickly, right? Because you can say in other leagues, it's like, well, of course the Yankees are going to share with, you know, the Minnesota Twins. Or uh, of course, 
you know, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to share with Nashville. That's the way sports is. You know, the big markets share with the smaller markets to make it work. But in this league, <laughs> you, you'd have to convince the community-owned team in Saskatchewan <laughs> that their hard-earned dollars, you know, for that team that is owned by the public should be shared with the wealthiest sport and entertainment company in the country, which is Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, that pays some NBA <laughs> players a half a million dollars a night for one guy. <laughs> so, again, different ownership. But it's it's among the many quirks of, of, CF, of the CFL, that's almost one of the weirdest that, that you – because it doesn't – I don't know another sports league that has that dynamic in place. You know, where – like where I live, like the GTA – there's like five, six million people, right? You can, you can draw an hour circumference from, from downtown Toronto and get about nine million people. But one in four Canadians lives like within an hour, an hour and a half of where the Argonauts play, okay? And, and they average 13,000, 14,000 a game, right? And I don't know what their revenue stream was, but it wasn't very good. And, in, and literally in Regina, you've got a province of a million people, a city of 225,000, and they had $43 million in revenue or something last year. Like, it's it's an upside down league economically. That's one of the things that makes it tricky to figure out. Yeah, I don't know if the NFL. Yeah, I don't know if the NFL would survive if they had thirty two Green Bay's in that league. Right, it, it, you still need the big money markets, and you, need, yeah, and you would I, hope and, people like in Toronto would just get lost into their into the stadium at some point during the season to make some money. Well, and, and like I'm you know I'm fifty three, so I'm old enough to remember when this wasn't the case. Right, like in the in the late nineteen seventies, the early nineteen eighties, the Argonauts, even though they were terrible, you know, would draw. 40, 50,000 a game. I mean, they were a big, big deal in this city. I mean, you know, when, when Anthony Davis came out of USC in 1976 and came to the Toronto Argonauts instead of the NFL, like a, a CFL rookie had his own radio show in this in this city, like the Anthony Davis show. Was, and that was not, that was before sports radio. I mean, that was like on a mainstream number one station in the city, the Anthony Davis show. Like that's how big a deal the Argonauts were. So I'm, I don't feel like the old guy when I talk about this stuff now, but, but it, you know, it hasn't always been this way, <laughs> but it's been this way for a while. It's a good idea to give a player a, a, a radio show to lure him to your city or to your league. That might be something the XFL CFL collab should think about in the future it's, podcasts, it's, maybe it's, partnering them up with us. Well, exactly. Exactly. It's funny. I, you know, <laughs> you, you guys remember, you guys are too young to remember Anthony Davis, right? Oh yeah, that's probably right before our time. He, he's, I've never he, heard that. That's amazing. One of my earliest memories, if I share a little story here with you, if I could. One of my earliest memories in life, like I mean like I'm five years old, six years old, is Anthony Davis scoring six touchdowns for USC in a game against Notre Dame, right? And I can literally remember my dad saying to me, watch this guy, he's already got four touchdowns and like they kicked it off and he ran one back for a fifth or whatever. And, and it, to this day, like, you know, Earliest memories in life, Anthony Davis, five touchdowns against, against uh, Notre Dame. So fast forward many decades, and I wrote a story about CFL players in the U.S. that had pension money that they never collected and that the Players Association was trying to find these guys to say, hey, you, you, know, you played two or three years in the CFL. You got some pension money that's matured for 30 years. So I wrote this story. And I'm driving, actually, it was to a Montreal Expos game. This tells you how long ago it was. And to cover that... <laughs> And my phone went off and I answered it and it was Anthony Davis. And he, and he, and he asked us, Dave Naylor there speaking. Dave, this is Anthony Davis. I said, Anthony Davis. Oh my God. I said, you're my earliest memory in life. I remember like in 1974 <laughs> when you scored 
five touchdowns for uh, for USC against Notre Dame. My dad took took me and said, "Watch this guy. He's already got four touchdowns. See, watch him get five. And he said to me, "Well, that's great, but you tell your dad it was six. And apparently, it was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, little fun story on CFL He's still lore of the great. kind of the kind no, of players who used awesome. to come to this league. <laughs> Well, mate, we'll we'll be seeing some great players in the league pretty soon, I think, because uh, I have a feeling we're going to be seeing uh, this collab oration uh, come together with some some talented football players that aren't getting a shot. Who knows how big it could get global, Dave, but we're just going to have to keep speculating. We appreciate you for coming on to the show uh, the last two months now and really opening our eyes up to what's going on with the CFL, the XFL's potential partner. We feel like we're ahead of this now. I mean, I feel like I know everything uh, that's vital in terms of what's going on with the CFL. We know the status quo of the XFL. We do that. That's not sustainable because they don't exist right now, really. So knowing what's going on with the CFL, it's uh, really appreciate you taking the time and, and telling us all about it, giving us your insight. And now we could have fun speculating, but even more fun, hopefully, watching CFL football in August. Well, I can imagine you guys, like, if when when the CFL kicks off, and I'm going to go with when, because I do believe that. I, I honestly do. I, and it's funny, I, the last little while, I've had players DMing me, you know, asking me, honestly, what do you think is going to happen? And, and I, I've said to them the same thing I've said on air. Nothing I see tells me the league is preparing not to play. You know, and there are people who I think are credible in this league who have come out publicly and said, mm-hmm. we are going to play. And I don't think, and I, you know, some of these people I have a history with, I don't think they would be saying that if they, if they didn't believe it. So, um, you know, you guys must be just like frothing to actually see the CFL and, and, <laughs> and watch it sort oh, of with a, from a different perspective, right? It's the most anticipated CFL season in XFL history, Dave. <laughs> That's a beautiful way of putting it. All right. Thanks to TSN's football insider, Dave Naylor, for joining us here. And this is the XFL show. Bryant um, learned about uh, for Randy Ambrosi and his relationship, a legend named Anthony Davis that I, I never knew of. That, Lakers? That chose the, no, no. USC. Oh, okay. The first famous Anthony Davis in LA. And, of course, Dave Naylor getting into everything that he thinks – could happen with the CFL and the XFL. Thing I took away most though, the CFL not necessarily needing to play in 2021. I was like very minimally shocked that he actually said that that it wouldn't be the end of the world. Although to a lot of people I think it would, but maybe in the grand scheme of things in reality it it wouldn't be the worst thing. But then you also factor in with the XFL ownership like that? I don't know. Uh, they are, I think, you know, so you go back to, our, they are committed to saying they are committed to playing in 2021. How important is it to them? I mean, you tell me, fans, how, how important would it be for you to lose money? How important do you want to go out there and lose money? I guess, I don't know. Uh, either way, uh, it was great to, <laughs> to hear from our friend. We'll probably get him on uh, next time we hear some big news uh, for sure. He's always a fun uh, guy to talk to. Uh, yeah, we've almost become best friends. He's uh, I'm finally happy <laughs> that I am no longer the, the most important person in Canada on this show. That I'm happy about that, too. It was going to my head a little bit. Yeah, that, but, that was going to your head, getting you too cocky. But also, <laughs> uh, I mean, I as far as I'm concerned, nobody knows what's going on 
unless you're in the room more than Dave Naylor, he's followed <laughs> it true. every single day. So like, and like he said, also another big thing to take away the NDAs that are probably floating around all over this thing, the negotiations, we're not going to hear diddly unless it's mandated and, yeah. and planned. So with Dave Naylor, guys like him following the trail and, and giving us this insight, it's super important uh, for all of us trying to follow along and enjoy this ride with alignment between the XFL and CFL. Yeah, there's um, there's just it's just so much there, and I feel like he's he's involved as much as possible, but at the same time, you know, NDAs, I know all about them. I've signed them in the past. past. It's like you get excited to tell people, but you really can't. You just got to wait and see. And so hopefully yeah, like at some point um, uh, we'll actually hear everything that everybody has NDA'd. I guess can you NDA yes. NDA'd? I guess that works. But either That's way, a, that, that is a verb. I I like also that he pointed out like anything he brings up could maybe get like a wink and a, oh yeah maybe sure oh 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 mm. no no like, no no if someone <laughs> yes, if yes. that means that any that means that anything someone's like maybe uh, gives you a maybe to it's it's still an I don't know. So it's like what is it? Is it <laughs> if you're watching me on nothing, YouTube? Is it like no? No. Yes. yes. <laughs> not a, not a when you say no when you're saying well, yes. <laughs> this is this me this just essentially means no one's saying jack squat and if they say it otherwise it's pretty much pure speculation unless it comes as reported news from a credible source like Dave Naylor or Dave Naylor or, or someone else. Or maybe Bryant's favorite, Mike Florio. I don't know. Oh. That, that would be devastating to him, though. Ugh, if, if he became if the insider. Or right here on this show. Who knows? Maybe Randy Ambrosi calls me up one day and says, Hey, I love how much you... I love Mortal Kombat. You love Mortal Kombat. Want to know the scoop? We're kicking off in 2023. Tell everybody. Uh, why did we... We should have done this the entire episode, Alan. Just kind of like a little body shifts the entire like they do in Mortal Kombat uh, before they fight <laughs> anyway either way uh, this week <laughs> this week you got to hear Canadian great uh, Dave Naylor so I'm happy for that but if you want to tune in every single week to another Canadian great me Brian then catch us here every single Friday right here on your favorite podcast app that's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher tune in or wherever you get your podcast, make sure you give us that five-star review. Uh, Alan, I was in Vancouver, very big in Vancouver. Uh, if you got a question, comment, or topic you want us to cover, well, then text or call the XFL fan line 724-565-4XFL. Uh, standard text messaging and international rates do apply. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show. Uh, Twitter is probably the most active, but like I said last week, Alan loves the Facebook. Or if you want to say hi to us, uh, hello, uh, subscribe and watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash this is the XFL show, the official YouTube page of this is the XFL show. And don't forget to check out our sponsors, Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com and get started today because they make podcasting uh, pretty easy. Yes, they sure do. Bryant, you killed it there. And you know what? Everybody who, uh, who, watched or listened this week uh let us know uh, what you think about the cfl not playing the gray cup on thanksgiving i want to know yeah. just how devastating that really is yeah it seemed like it's it's a point of 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 conflict of of, of maybe this is this is this is the <laughs> hill we will die on is we will not play the gray cup on not thanksgiving weekend whoops Yikes. Well, you know, I think Brian also will probably put some the other last good, two years. Uh, Whoops. 
questions at XFL show for you to to answer and uh we'll uh, interact with you there we appreciate you so much and i call that xfl fan line like you said though really want to get maybe get some voicemails to play on the show which we haven't done in a while we've gotten calls and texts to it which we appreciate uh seven two four five six five four xfl call that number leave a voicemail we will play your damn voice right on the air but remember if you call the xfl fan line and we capture your voice your soul is mine um, Sorry. Um, wow. Almost Mortal Kombat time. Almost Mortal Kombat time. Wow. Who's your character? Mine was Raiden. I was always Scorpion. Raiden back, back, A, cheating all day. Get over here. Uppercut. All day. I don't have no shame. No up, up, shame down, down. Whatsoever. Transport or to the other here. side. That's or cheating. Front, as well. front, back, back. I think it was like the, the, di- the, the flying dive. It's, there's so many combinations you've got to remember. And if you sit down with the book or now your phone with the with the moves, that's weak. But I understand if you them. have to do it. It's Mortal Kombat. Any, you have to do whatever you can to win. Because if you don't, you're done. All right. Enjoy Mortal right. Kombat, everybody. And thank you for enjoying this episode. And enjoy next week's episode because we'll have one, as we always do. Every we'll be week. back. Every single week, baby, right here on the YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast app. Thanks to Dave Naylor from TSN once again. Thanks to Bryant for doing this show during a Dodger game and, uh, you know, spending time here, even though he could just be uh, reveling in his fame in Vancouver. And uh, thanks to me for being here and uh, sitting here in this chair and, and discussing Leagues that don't uh, actually play football right now. <laughs> We've still been doing it, but they're going to in August. Maybe. I hope. Actually, I'm going to go say some kind words to the universe, and hopefully it does happen. Until then, for Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.